Welcome to 10 Minute Money. I am John Dyer, and as always, I am joined with Paul Erickson. Paul and I are financial advisors with Royal Oak Financial Advisors in Royal Oak, Michigan. And today we are going to talk about social security and retirement planning. We're going to touch on a couple of these uh, items here. So how you doing, Paul? I'm doing great. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. So this came up recently uh, with one of our clients uh, asking us about Social Security and if they're going to be able to retire. So we thought it would be good to touch on this today. Right. Yeah, this comes up all the time. Uh, It's one of the most common questions I get when somebody's getting close to retirement is, when should they take their Social Security? Yeah, so that's uh, where we'll start. So what do you think? When when should we start taking Social Security? Does it matter? Yeah, you know, there's a few schools of thought, and I think, you know, it's based on everybody's individual need. But I meet a lot of people uh, in the automotive world that want to take Social Security the first day they're eligible for it. They want to get it as soon as possible. And for some people, that's a great idea, but there are others that I think it pays to wait to take it later in life. And so I think a lot of people know this, and probably not everybody, but Social Security grows once you're eligible at almost an 8% growth rate, that income number. And so 8% is pretty hard to get in this world in terms of a fixed or guaranteed investment. So... If you can wait, you make more money down the road. But there's always a break-even, and, you know, that's the kind of stuff we really like to dive into with our clients and to see if, you know, it's better to take Social Security early or later. Um, But I've always had people that are really curious and want to get some real detailed answers. And I've gone into the Social Security Administration office with a number of clients and sat with them and ask questions, and I've had nothing but positive experiences with the employees at the Social Security Administration offices I've been to. And it takes about two weeks to get an appointment, but uh, I think it's well worth time. Um, so backtracking a little bit, so that you said it grows by 7 8%. Right. That is 8 that's per year, right? So if you yeah, wait per year... Per year you get that guaranteed income for life right. after that. After that, you you sort of lock in a higher number every year you wait. It grows. That's awesome. Yeah. So I think it stops growing at age 70. Right. right. You know, so you don't really want to wait past 70 to take that Social Security. So you can go... So everyone says, well, I don't know what happened to my Social Security statement. I used to get it every year. Social Security right. stopped sending those out. Now I think they send them like every five years or something. But you can go, like you're saying, you can go to the Social Security office or go to ssa.gov mm-hmm. and create your username, right? And Right. Yeah, you can create your own account with the Social Security. And you can get hypotheticals from them and see how much you're eligible for. But I have a lot of, let's call them... Uh, older clients or elder clients and some of them aren't as great on the computer so that's why i like to go with them to the social security office but if you are tech savvy which i'm 
guessing you are if you're listening to a podcast, <laughs> definitely go to ssa.gov to get your account opened and and play with it a little bit. You know, run some of the different hypotheticals if you take it at 64 or 65 or 66 or take it at 70. Watch how much that number grows. It's a much bigger number at 70 than it is at 65 or 66. I don't know. I think I think seniors are more tech-savvy than ever. These You're days. right. I'm probably my, not giving them as much my, credit as my, I should. My uh, mother and father-in-law have the iPads and the iPhones, and they're on Facebook and yeah. all that. Oh, so, that's awesome. But, my father-in-law is, and my, my dad is, but I don't... My mom and... Uh, I don't think she could get on. Uh, you should see her first text message she sent out. She didn't have any spaces, and it was just <laughs> one big word, <laughs> about four hundred consonants and vowels all strung together. I wish my mom didn't text. Sorry, mom. She she's going going overboard with the texting these days now. She's so. salt of the earth, though. Oh, she is. I love her. I love her to death. But uh, stop with all the texts. But uh, so. Uh, <laughs> Um, the other thing I want to touch on too is every, I have a lot of younger clients and all of them are, are like, well, there, there's not going to be social security around when I'm ready to take it. I, I think we need to fight for social security everyone's paying into it. And right now it's fully funded through 2030. And after that, it's about 75% funded. Right. So to all you young people out there, um, Reach out to your local senators, and and we we need to get a, a kind of more. We need a backing. solution. Yeah, and it's easier to fix it now than later. It yeah. just grows, and in terms of a bigger problem, it's like a snowball effect. A little bit of funding now affects big time down the future. Same thing, and I guess that ties in with our next topic is uh, retirement planning and pensions. Right. So um, the same thing kind of ties into that. So we have. Along with the fixed income, it's really in retirement, we want clients to um, have their fixed income portion, which right now, you know, typically would probably cover about half half of their retirement, right. what they get from Social Security and pensions. Um, what are some things we should consider uh, about uh, taking a pension? Yeah. So most of the time, I think the most important thing you can do on taking a pension is if you're married or if you're, you have a spouse is to make sure that spouse is covered if something happens to you. Uh, I know that 100% option looks to be a much bigger number, but make sure you talk to an investment advisor who's a fiduciary and get their advice on how to structure that paperwork that you get on the pension because once you fill out that paperwork and sign it, it's done and it's set in stone. And so I always want to make sure that the surviving spouse is covered on that pension. Yeah, and pensions are much more covered than they used to be. There, There's a lot less pensions these days right. because ERISA oversees them and they have to meet certain standards so they're fully funded. So back in the day, companies weren't really fully funding them. Until Arissa came along and said, "Well, you have to fund them," and, um, and that's when companies decide we have not been funding this, so we're going to get rid of them. And yeah. then the four hundred one ks came into play. That's right. But uh, so um, I, I guess to, you want to look and make sure um, your company is going to be around for thirty years. So mm-hmm. it's got um, again, you know, knowing the strength of the company is is something to consider too. 
Um, typically, if they have a ERISA's looking over their pension, it, it's going to be funded for a good amount of time. But right. um, something to take into consideration. Um, anything else you think with the pensions that people should think about? I also like to get hypotheticals from the HR department. We'll run hypotheticals on if I retire now or wait a year, how does that impact my pension? In essence, I mean, the, a pension works very similar to Social Security, where the longer you're with that company, it that pension should still be growing because money's coming out of your paycheck as a benefit to go into that pension. So I always like to look at what are all of my options, not just the first option, but what other options are there for me? Yeah, I agree 100% on that. So, and and again, you should work with a, a fiduciary financial advisor and, and helping you step through this process. Because once you set the ball in motion, you can't take it back with, with the pension. So you got to take your time, make sure you get... Uh, good information and make the decision that's right for you when taking the pension and and social security yeah absolutely so uh so that leads me to uh my next uh kind of portion of this is are you saving enough for your retirement so uh things to consider would be um number one uh, and we touched on this in an earlier podcast, should I borrow from my 401k? So uh, we think you should not borrow from your 401k unless last resort and you're going to pay pay it back within within a month or two. So, mm-hmm. uh, And again, you can check back on an earlier podcast and right. we go much more deep dive into that uh, right. topic. Right. Uh, how much should I set aside for retirement is another question. Yeah. I, I how get, much of my income should I set aside right. for retirement? Is I get question. that question once in a while. And I always tell young people, which to me that's under 50, people under 50 should really, really try hard to save 10% of their income, whether that's through their 401k or IRA or brokerage accounts, if they can save 10% of their income, especially somebody in their 30s or 40s even, that compounding effect is incredible. I mean, it helps tremendously in their retirement. And the best thing about a 401k, I think, is that when you get your paper, if you get a check, your 401k money has already been put into the account. So you never have a chance to spend that money. It's already in an account that you shouldn't touch. And I think that's the beauty of the 401k is that once that automatic savings plan is built in and you can never touch it because you'd have to pay taxes and penalties and it's just a mess if you take that money out of there, that it can grow and compound. I love to see people who have a long-term investment approach. And I think a 401k helps people to be long-term focused on their retirement savings. But I think 10% is uh, the sweet spot. If they can get to that, uh, it really makes their retirement easier. Yeah, and in 401k, a lot of companies these days make it easier for people by matching. So a lot of times you will have 
some sort of matching and not have to put the total 10% in yourself, they'll help out with a portion of it. You might only be putting 6% in, but hitting 10. Right, which makes it a lot easier for people these days. And uh, I think, I just think 401ks are such a great savings vehicle. I think it's, it's probably the best savings vehicles ever created. It just turned 40 and uh, I just think it's, it's great. So if you have a 401k, Make sure you start saving yeah. today. Don't wait. There was an in- interesting article last week in the Sunday Wall Street Journal that talked about retirement. Less than 30% of millennials use their 401k. And I think that's kind of sad because I think it's such a powerful, powerful account. Uh so I'm hoping that number starts to increase here. Yeah, and it's funny because the thing I hear from millennials all the time is Social Security is not going to be around when I retire. Yeah. So what are you going to do? Right. So you better open up your 401k and save And now. sock that money yeah, away. Yeah, start saving. Don't wait on the government mm-hmm. to uh, to save for you. Right. Uh, so uh, I think that's, that's good. So uh, the other thing, too... Um, People want to know how aggressive or conservative to be in their 401k. So we always tell clients, when you're younger, you want to be more aggressive. When you're older, you want to be more conservative when you start taking income. Mm -hmm. So, uh, And then what is a healthy percentage of income to take from your investments in retirement? Right. Yeah, so we talked about putting money into your 401k and saving 10% of your income. But this question, this is how much should I take from my portfolio, from my investments in retirement? And there's all sorts of different schools of thought. A lot of investors uh, right now, a lot of the magazines and newspapers and investment newsletters that I read are saying somewhere between 3 and 4% does not stress out the portfolio. And it allows that portfolio to continue to grow over time. Uh, I think this is really based on an individual's uh, situation, but I have had people that have taken four and five percent annually from their portfolio and still seen growth. Uh, so it depends on how much they need. You know, I tell people it's not about how much you make; it's about how much you spend in retirement. And so, if we can get an understanding of that. Uh, and help people see that it's it's more about their spending. Uh, you know, we can try not to put too much stress on the portfolio. Yeah, we love it when expenses are lower. So finding ways to lower your expensive expenses. A lot of people have their mortgages paid off. That is one of the best mm-hmm. things you can do going into retirement. Um, and just getting those expenses low to where the fixed income will cover a majority of your expenses. The more fixed income you can have, like from your pensions and Social Security covering expenses, the better off you are. And I'm a huge, me actually, Paul and I are huge believers in in doing a financial plan for people that are about to retire. So finding a financial advisor, fiduciary, professional, and, and just doing a plan and looking at, all your expenses, all of your uh, incomes coming in and projecting out 30, 40 years. And then what are the odds based on, you know, different market conditions of your money lasting? Right. So 
Right. I yeah, think. I'd love to see it in writing and to forecast it out. You know, 30, 40 years some, some people are retired for. And where does that money come from? How does, you know, what part comes from Social Security or pension investments? I love seeing that broken out so that, you know, people can see that in writing. And the earlier you can do work with a, a financial planner and get a plan done, the better. So even e- e- even if it's once every five years when you're younger or ten years, just get some get a plan in place, and and it'll help you determine how much you need to put away for for retirement and other big expenses like education and that kind of thing. Right. If you have kids, so. All right. I don't have anything else. Oh, I oh. think, well, yeah, I've got one more thing. So I think we should add like a speed round uh, question here. Just three questions uh, so the listeners get to know you a little better, John. Oh, no. Um, what's your favorite meal, number one? My favorite meal, it, it's got to be a hamburger. Hamburger. Uh, From yeah, where? Big, big time. I'm a huge Five Guys hamburger Five Guys, fan. those are awesome burgers. I love their, I, I get the sautéed onions on there. and uh, Love yeah. it. Okay, number two, speed route question. Favorite place you've ever visited? Favorite place, you mean like a, like a, in a another city or amusement park or something? Vacation, amusement park, or wherever. Favorite place you've ever visited or seen? Uh, I, I've, it have to be when it, on our honeymoon. So, uh, in the, in the Caribbean, so the Caribbean, yeah. Love, love the water, the blue water. It's almost like not real when you go down there and the beaches are so white and everything. It, That's awesome. It's, it's cool. And then, uh, you've got three beautiful daughters. How old are they? I've got a 10 month old, uh, a three year old that's going on Forty, and then uh, I love it. And then a seven-year-old. Yeah, the, right. th- the three-year-old. Or I'm sorry, a, a five-year-old going on forty. But yeah, she loves telling me what to do all the time. Fantastic. So, all right. Yeah. All right. That's all I got. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Paul. Yep. Thank you. And uh, as always, I like to remind our listeners that we are investment advisors, and we do give advice to our clients. But please treat this podcast as educational purpose only and not for individual advice. Thank you for joining John Dyer and Paul Erickson on this 10-Minute Money Podcast. John and Paul are financial advisors with Royal Oak Financial Advisors in Michigan, a fee-only RIA who specialize in helping their clients better understand their investments. If you watch the pennies, the dollars will come.